0: Noah, I see that there is evil from the rising of the sun to the setting thereof, especially from the one they call Ecclestone. But there is one good place, and you shall go there, Noah. Thou shalt build an ark. A what? All right, an old Ford Cortina with amusing slogans written down the side. And thou shalt gather two of every lager.
1: Every lager? Every.
0: And also also some horrible sausages sausages, and some undercooked barbecue chicken, or something like that. I don't know, you can work this bit out for yourself. But you shall need some cagoules, for it will rain for forty days and forty nights. That's
1: ages!
0: Yes, it is quite a long time. All right, it shall rain for twenty-four hours. And you will persevere through this rain, Noah, for you are a good man. And through the rain, rain, you will know that truly you have arrived at the promised land. The promised land we call Le (fled) Monde.
1: Gareth Jones on
2: Speed! Hello and welcome to Gareth Jones on Speed. I'm Gareth Jones.
0: I'm Richard Porter. And... No Zog.
2: What did you say he'd got? I think he's got something called PLMS. This is... Post-Le Mans Syndrome. That uh, affects us all, yeah. You see, the three of us have just got back from almost a week at the world's greatest motor race. And it was a bit wet, but it was fantastic. But I um, so got a bit poorly, so he's not here tonight. It's just me and Richard trying to sum up this glorious race in the few, what, perhaps 24 minutes or less that we've got.
0: Uh, Richard, was, was it a classic this year, do you think? I'm going to say yes because no it was well obviously at the front the bit everyone was paying attention to the Audi versus Peugeot race uh, a good result as they say in football for Audi in other words they won yeah Uh, but not probably what they wanted because they lost two of the three cars and I was in the Audi uh, camp when It got to the closing laps of the race and it was what I think technically they call squeaky bum time because they only had one bullet left in the barrel and if that car went down, suddenly they had nada because they'd lost two. Uh, And I think, more importantly, Peugeot, considering they'd never done that kind of race distance before, Hats off to them. They were looking
2: strong. I was very critical of Peugeot beforehand, as I always am, very teasing. And I think they did remarkably well because Mm. they beat two of those fabulous Audis. And they are fabulous machines. And at a first attempt to get as far as they did and be up there on the podium, great result for France at a French race. Well,
0: yeah, now there's the thing. The safety car came out mm. right up until almost the end. Mm. They, mm. they run it 12 minutes at the end, they oh, sprinted. It was madness. The safety
2: car was out forever. But there's a good reason, though, because it was re I mean, I know. I was down in the start finish straight by the <laughs> yeah. entrance to the pits... Mm in what would make a tropical shower look like one of those little sprinklers that you have in the garden yeah yeah it?
0: But it was torrential i know but there were human beings in those cars who, yep. you know you think have seen rain before yep and would be able to adjust their driving to suit it wasn't i thought so catastrophically dangerous that it was wet than it had been during the race earlier when they didn't bring out a safety car and to my mind, it just felt, cynically, it felt like perhaps the uh, French authorities were going, well, you know, if we bring out safety car for long enough, maybe the Audi will suffer for slow running and mm. the Peugeot won't. High-risk strategy for them, but anyway, that's my cynical view of it. I, I could be completely wrong. Maybe, you know, they just spotted um, a rare kind of toad on the track and they didn't want it to run over. This, the car hits this, it will skidder. <laughs>
1: Radio Hello and welcome to Radio Lemon. John Heindorf, your commentator here, and I will be live on air throughout the whole 24 hours of the race. Adding to the three days of solid broadcasting that I have already under my belt. This really is the premier endurance event for my voice. There was much uh, talk
2: on the radio, uh, John Heindorf, the uh, commentator, was saying at one point that this whole showboating that was going on, they sent the, the Persia out, they just about managed to get it to run in the last few minutes again, didn't they, mm, to, yeah. and, and have it wait in a position so it could take that photo uh, alongside the Audi, I mean it was kind of safe, because yeah. no one could have caught it at that point, but... Yeah. If that car didn't start and <laughs> yeah. didn't make it to the line. But it was a great photo on the line with an Aston Martin there, the Peugeot's which yeah. had done so well, the Pescarolo was there, and the magnificent Audi, Beelers Audi.
0: Yeah, and that I think is why it was a classic because you just you know, you've been through that sort of twenty four hours of up and down and all sorts of stuff going on and the torrential rain, but then you just saw that that finishing formation and you thought what a bunch of fabulous cars Mm. that have achieved something which let's not forget running for 24 hours and the human endurance and the mechanical endurance of it that is quite extraordinary you know it's it's that that thing when you get to three o'clock in the morning and you're thinking those cars and those people are halfway through halfway through and it's the middle of the night and, and the extraordinary thing is
2: that once upon a time the Le Mans race was truly an endurance race. Get to the end. Mm. Now they race to the end. Every single car this is from from the very word so. go. I mean, I go there. I've been to Le Mans several times. I I, I know what to expect, but. The moment that they leave that start-finish straight and sprint up towards the bridge at racing speeds, it's always breathtaking. You've got 54 cars or something, I forget how many it was this year, going at a heck of a pace, and there's it, it, a lot of mass going past you. Mm. I've got some samples of sounds that I will play a little bit later on in the next part of the show. I think that, that pretty much covers the, the race aspect of it. For you, though, what, what was the big result? The Astons or the Audis?
0: Uh, for me, it's the Astons. I shouldn't say that because I went as a corporate guest of Audi <laughs> like the shameless whore that I am well done to Audi it was, it was good and you know I think you underestimate how difficult it is to get a car to, to lead consistently a race like that over 24 hours but yeah I was rooting for the Astons because I just Like them, and that was you know, there was nothing in it at the end as well. That winning Aston, the Aston that won won its class, was what one lap ahead of the Corvette? It was so it was, was, I think it was one lap because I thought if that it was
2: one lap, exactly stumbles
0: in any way, doesn't even break down, but it just stumbles. If something goes wrong, it needs to go into the pits and have something done to it, or it gets a puncture and has to on the far side of the track, it has to go back round. That's it, lead gone. It was that close. That's after 24 hours of racing. That's extraordinary. On the last lap, they were still that close, and
2: like the first laps, they were racing, they were nose Mm. to tail, all it was big, man. I'm going big face, chasing Johnny <laughs> Herbert down. Remember. We love Le Mans. Radio Love, brought to you by chips,
1: pies and ketchup. The power behind your Eurofritz. Thank you, Thank you John Heindorf.
0: John, you're on. John Heindorf,
1: you're on the air.
0: <clears throat> John, I think
1: Geordie... John Hindoff here, still commentating on Le Mans. Twenty-seven hours of continuous commentating, and I'm still here. As the number 007 Aston crosses the line once more, the engine sounding a little soft there, soft like a lovely fluffy pillow. And that's oh, it. Across the curbs again. Obviously, these cars are quite formally sprung, formally sprung like a high-quality mattress on an expensive bed. Bed Bad, bad must stiff August uh, Gotta keep on commentating feeling slightly delirious now. My A massive, massive pink otter is coming towards oh, me, oh, but I'm not scared. Don't Do worry, John, mate, it's just me, you're all right, Gary e. Champion! Oh god, now I want me, ma'am. Radio Bob Truly International Local Radio. Sniff
2: Bettwulf with Gareth Jones on speed. Le Mans is a great race to take part in. You know, it's probably the, the toughest challenge of them all, mm. but it's equally a tough challenge if you're a punter. And mm. I think that's part of the appeal of Le Mans. Uh, I've, I've always maintained this thing that the race always starts or the event starts long before the racing. There are two great ways to do Le Mans: either drive over in a fantastic old sports car, yes, or arrive. How did you arrive?
0: Um, it was in um, a jet that yeah. might have been private. A
2: private jet, yeah, yeah. Where yeah. did you land?
0: Uh, uh, the airfield in the middle of the track. Airfield in the middle. That is a great way, to do. Well it. Well done. It was really lovely, and it's the, the, on the approach to the airfield. It was quite bumpy. Almost spilt my gin and tonic. Steady. <laughs> That's not true. But I did. I, as we were coming in, and you can see the circuit because you, you know if you've ever been to Le Monde you'll know where the airfield is because it's right bang opposite the, yeah. the, um, the start finish track, the yeah. track. Yeah. so you can see all that you can see the trucks in the paddock you can see the track you can make out the campsites everything so in its own way because I've never done the drive down thing but I gather you know there's all these people in these fantastic cars or indeed some brilliantly shabby cars that have been done out specially for the occasion and they're all driving down and so you get this buzz way before you get there But in its own way, if you're going to be a horrible corporate whore about it, as you land in your private jet, (laughs) that's when the buzz hits you because you suddenly see this huge circuit stretching out before you with all these people there. And and then immediately you just get this sort of rush of blood and your heart starts beating faster and then you know you're here and then yeah. the weekend is, is unfurling before you. It
2: is a huge, huge event. And it goes on all around the circuit as well. Um, I, I saw some amazing cars. I saw, you know, um, Integrale's, which will always make me happy. I saw mm. Il Mostro's, the Alfa Romeo SZ. You know, I saw the... Um, uh, <laughs> a chop top Volvo really I think it was a 740 estate no that had almost a whole foot probably taken out of the window it was almost completely flat oh
0: like lead studded, sort of yeah, yeah. exactly oh. Yeah,
2: with the full number 24 on the side oh I mean,
0: this is all part of the show oh I didn't tell you about the one I saw uh, on Saturday night out by one of the campsites over the Dunlop Bridge Triumph Dolomite oh uh, one, uh the seventy fifty it wasn't it wasn't a sprint and it was uh, otherwise quite normal from a distance blue one but the owner, for reasons that only he could explain, had taken the exhaust rooted it out of the engine bay rather than going under the car and out the back like it normally would. Yeah. He'd punched a hole through the bulkhead. It was coming into the cabin where he'd got a walking great <coughs> silence. And then the pipe just exited through a hole which had been crudely punched through the passenger door. <laughs> it was unbelievable. And then, and then obviously because he'd made his way down there in it, there was this <laughs> brilliant sort of black sooty streak down the side where the pipe just popped out through the door. But the noise, imagine the noise of driving <laughs> the, car, the, with heat. the exhaust and the heat, yeah. So the passenger seat obviously had gone and there was just an exhaust of there but the, the finishing touch which I like to think had to been done with a certain elan and irony was that on the back shelf there was a book entitled How to Weld
2: <laughs> <laughs> it
0: was pretty and I'm not joking I was with uh, four other motoring journalists and we were walking past this and we spotted it we stopped and one of them uh, was rolling around on the floor with laughter he found it that funny we were absolutely beside ourselves about this car and then these three French lads came by And they were looking at it as well and they didn't speak in English. Our French is appalling but through the mutual shared love of people who do stupid things to cars. Which is why we all go there. We were all sort of high-fiving and stuff and and this guy was going Oh, c'est la voiture fantastique. It was was a fabulous moment but that was the most extraordinary car that I saw all weekend. Dear 38 in the Le Mans commentary box. Most...
1: Keep commentating. There doesn't seem to be any cars on the track at the moment, and uh, all the trucks seem to have gone from the paddock, but uh, I'm gonna keep on commentating. And you have to say that they're really showing promise these two men in Doctor's courts who are coming into the commentary box now. Monsieur Hindu, you must with come with us big now, net. please. And they've shown real focus this weekend we and now that focus is the rewarding them as shoot you. me with a tranquilizer dart and the distinct delivery well. of that jacket with straps yeah. on it there just put this jacket wrapping, on, wrapping itself around me Thank and you. now at last Peace I'm to everyone. crossing the line well done, John. into unconsciousness you can't stop now see you next year Le Mans fans Essence avec
2: Gareth Jones sur la vitesse. If anyone took a picture of what I'm about to describe, can you please email it to onspeed at garethjones.tv? Apparently, doing circuits outside the, Le Circuit Le Sartre, mm. not la Sartre, Le Sartre, apparently, were um, not one, not two. Not three, not four, not five. I know what you're going to say. Yeah. yeah. Six yeah. reliant
0: robins painted in, in the golf colours. Yes. I oh. didn't see them either, but I heard about them. That was one of those weird things that you find as you were wandering around. I know we hung out together a little bit, but but we also went our separate ways. Mm. And it was after I think I'd seen you for the start that it the first time I heard about this. Someone came up to me and we were just talking. It's like, mate, I would know know... By the and way,
2: in the background, that noise you can hear that is the sound of of where R- Richard and I were at the start, mainly the Astons going past, and the corvettes such what you hear, yeah.
0: It's fantastic, it's, it, that was, well, it was great. I believe that Le Mans is a sort of series, of, when you think back on it, you it's a series of snapshots of golden, golden moments. Yeah. You've got this whole sort of 24 hour period, and a bit before and after as well, but yours? you just reassemble it in your mind as yeah. these golden moments of, of things that only happen at Le Mans.
2: What was yours? Uh,
0: my absolute, I think the one that, that burns the most vividly in the memory was uh, about half past five on uh, Sunday morning yeah and because um, I was a, a guest of a well known German manufacturer that might have won the race mm-hmm. they had a room above their pit you could go into if you've got of the little corporate or passes and I went in there and hung out of the window, you could open these bay windows and hung out of that and the sun was just coming up over the end of the start finish straight so there's this sort of ethereal blue light in the sky and the whole air, every sort of molecule of air had gone this kind of glacial blue like looking through a fox's glacier mint and it was just this sort of clear crisp and it was actually weirdly silent when the cars weren't running past weird silence and this coolness to the air and then one of the Audi's came into the pit and stopped and they did a driver change um, and McNish got out it was the end of his stint and just watching this balletic precision with which they did a pit stop at that time in the morning and I was flaking, although granted, hard, I don't think that it? Alan McNish had had more pints of lager and <laughs> champagne than. Well, I, I, it was one yeah, of those things, you know, it's part of Le Mans that you, you end up drinking an amount that Alex H- Hurricane Higgins would describe as a bit excessive. But. And at
2: about four o'clock in
0: the morning, ate crepe soaked in Grand Marnier, which <laughs> works for me. That's superb. <laughs> yeah, and some good chips as well. But I saw this pit stop, and it just, it was because it seems like a lot of people had gone to bed and they were missing this strange moment of. Of uh, seeing a team in action at a time when a lot of people were asleep or had passed mm. out, and it was so quiet and calm, and also mm. the sun coming up, and then finally I decided that it was enough as enough, and I had to go to bed about I think I finally sort of got to bed about sort of seven half seven and, and, and I walked across this massive car park. Mm. Where people were just lying mm. on the car park yeah. asleep, oh, just 20. just lying there on yeah. the ground like they parked themselves, yeah. and the sun came up, and the sun came up, and I looked back, and you could just see the top of the Dunlop Bridge, and it was just—I was one of those moments where I just thought, I, "That was me." Loved it. I was, it, and I was swore in the car because I, <laughs> I did almost swearing, but I can't overemphasize how much I loved it. it
2: is, it's an almost surreal experience. I, it's a cliché to, to call it the Glastonbury of motorsport, but it is. It has this sort of spiritual quality that you get from sleep deprivation. I think. Yes, I think that's part of it. Yeah, I do. Um, the And it's just the physical exhaustion of just tracing this whole circuit on foot. Mm. Um, for me, my highlight of Le Mans, it, it's a sound thing. I adore the sound of Le Mans. I love the sound of the... The, the French commentary on the tannoy and be able yeah. to make out some of it. It
0: wouldn't be as good if it was in English. No, that's right. I can't understand the it's words they're same, saying, but, but I love um, the fact that it's this sort of backbeat of... The, it's just brilliant. It? There it is now. You know, I mean, this,
2: this sound we're hearing now, You know, it's practically no different from the movie Le Mans, which is... Yeah, well, know, maybe that's why we, we love it. Also. Uh, uh, but um, uh, talking about sound, I'm going to finish in uh, a moment with a bit of audio for everyone. Uh, uh, but um, uh, I want to play you a little bit of sound of uh, the drive back. Because on the way back from from Le Mans I went in a a, a fleet, I suppose Of three rather interesting cars That's a fleet Uh, Zog's uh, 944 Turbo Mm -hmm. Uh, Palomares Brian and his son James Who are in a, a Morgan Plus 8 Which is as quick as anything and uh, I travelled in a Dino, uh, a Fiat Dino 2400 convertible with my mate wrong. And uh, that sound you can hear at the tyres squealing now, uh, the roundabouts on the way back. But of course, it was all in safe uh, speed. So,
0: can I just play a bit of sound of, uh, of my trip back?
2: Go on. Uh, yes, I'll uh, have
0: another glass of mine, please. You! <laughs> I'm oh, <laughs> sorry, I'm such a sellout, it's pathetic. <laughs> but, uh, I, I was in a hurry, I needed to. Okay, interject. two things before we go, because we'll yes. wrap
2: this up really quickly yes. now, right? But two things before we go. Uh, first of all, a big up to everyone we met who uh, already downloading this show or about to start downloading this show and were fans of both Sniff Petrol and Gareth Jones on Speed. Thank you very much indeed for that, guys. Uh, I promise to say hello to a whole bunch of guys, especially Cranfield Morgan Club, who we were camping with. What a fine bunch of men they were. in virtual Hello! On the screen. And uh, just about every uh, person we met um, who's now, listening to this show, thank you. Uh, and the other thing is, uh, Zog, get well soon. Yes. He'll be all right, I'm sure. I think he's just exhausted. <laughs> from That was a fast drive, and I have to say, no breakdowns from any of the vehicles. Well, nothing that we couldn't fix with a pair of pliers. And uh, no speeding tickets or anything, because of course, we wouldn't dream of speeding on the road. Gareth Jones on speed advocates safe driving. Gareth Jones on prudence making progress do they call it (laughs) something like that Gareth Jones on making reasonable progress (laughs) given the traffic conditions Uh, that's Uh, that's it I'm going to leave you with the sound of uh, some cars approaching uh, Tetre Rouge one of the finest moments on this wonderful circuit listen carefully you'll hear a selection of turbocharged fours you'll hear silent diesels you'll hear almost Perfectly swooshy Peugeots and the odd V8 from Aston Martin mm. and uh, Corvette. And uh, we'll, uh, after that, we'll play out on a tribute to the winners of the race. So uh, say goodbye, Richard. Goodbye. Au revoir.
0: Parc, j'ai avec la fin de en septième boucle, à tour en
1: 332 076
2: Thank you. Direct injection, Garrett turbochargers, maximum turbo pressure of 2.94 bar, stressed aluminium crankshaft case, Bosch engine management system, 239.9 millimetre restrictors on the engine air intake, dry some shell oil. Lubrication system, 5,500 cc, more than 150 brake horsepower, over 1,100 newton meters of torque, minimum weight 925 kilograms. Fuel tank capacity, 90 litres of diesel fuel. Mark Alwano, Manuel Epero, Frank Bieler, Audi R10 This Le Mans special episode of Gareth Jones on Speed was exactly 24 minutes and 24 seconds long and was made by Whizbang.